So you're listening to Soundplay. We're a radio show that features audio work from students from SSU. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to those words coming from those SSU students all day. You're listening to Soundplay, a radio show that features audio work produced by students at Salem State University. We're your hosts. I'm Tanya Rodriguez, a professor in English here at SSU. And I'm Kema, an English student with an affinity for French tea and poetry. So this episode features five audio projects in the This I Believe genre. I think a lot of listeners might be familiar with This I Believe. It's a show that ran for a long time on NPR where people talk about their beliefs and their values. And the primary purpose of that show was really to get people talking about particular kinds of issues or topics. So several of my students chose to compose in this genre. Now the difference between their projects and traditional projects that are found on like the This I Believe website was that what they were really trying to do was they were trying to practice employing different kinds of sonic strategies in efforts to really help them convey their messages or convey their arguments or convey their ultimate beliefs or values. And so I really encourage them to work with various strategies like, like sound effects and music and silence and uh, different voices and efforts to convey their beliefs. So I will stop talking now, and here you can listen to five episodes of This I Believe, and each of the composers will introduce their projects before they're played. Enjoy! Hi, my name is Justin Nian, and I just hope that my project makes you believe in magic again. Despite how I might sound, I'll let you know that I am in fact 20 years old, and with you now knowing that, my first statement must sound a bit delusional. But honestly, I think it's important for us to take a break once in a while and suspend our disbelief, really for our own good. When we get older, things get more complicated. We have more responsibilities, and ultimately reality is constantly in our face. And sometimes, it's not nice. Let's be honest, most of the time it's not nice. But it's, that's really what life is, it's ups and downs. But where I'm coming from is that I think everyone should just take a second and immerse themselves in magic. Magic in the sense of belief. Like how a kid is when he's young and he wants to be a superhero. And to elaborate a little bit, instead of me explaining what I really mean by magic, I think it's, it'd be best explained by someone who creates magic for most 20 to 40 year olds really a hero of mine Donald Glover I think honestly right now we live in a time where things are very divisive and you know I think Meryl Streep was was speaking on this a lot where it's like we all have a lot of responsibility and I remember going to school because I wasn't allowed to talk about magic and I wasn't allowed, I knew Santa Claus was fake, but I was around a lot of kids who didn't know that. So you have that responsibility to keep that going and understand why you're doing it because of joy. So I, I think human joy is super important. It doesn't come from computers, it, doesn't, it just comes from belief. You know, acting, making music, all that stuff is believing in something that you, maybe someone older doesn't truly believe, but like when you see it in a child, it makes you kind of believe it again. You know, 
because we forget how innocent and beautiful we were so i think yeah it's our responsibility to make magic again because i think a lot of the shit that's happening now is bullshit yeah thank you thank you guys now that you've heard that i bet it probably sounds a lot more convincing coming out of his mouth than mine the only thing left for me to say really is that belief lies in art ultimately when you listen to a song, when you go watch a play or a movie, or even when you're just reading a book, you ultimately are suspending your belief to the mercy of the story. But when we get older, things get a little bit more complicated. It's a lot harder for us to suspend our belief and just sit down and enjoy something. After all, reality is always around the corner. But I believe that we should all just sit down and just suspend our beliefs one once in a while and just enjoy the excitement that it can bring us like the excitement that the thought of Santa Claus brings to a child and instead of glancing at something and focusing on how authentic it is let's just take a break and enjoy how it makes us feel because feeling is ultimately the most authentic thing to yourself art is ultimately up for interpretation and to interpret something you really have to think about how it just really makes you feel and you can't do that when you're just complaining about if it's real or not it doesn't have to be a work written by Hemingway it could be a rap song with less than 10 lyrics if you enjoy how it makes you feel why shy away from enjoying it believing in something magical is a special feeling and it needs to be protected. Rather than ruining it for somebody else, why not let them enjoy how it makes them feel? Because after all, if it's not hurting you and it's not hurting anybody or anything else, it doesn't hurt to believe in magic once in a while. I'm a freshman at Salem State. This is my struggle with depression and my realization with how everyone should have someone to talk to. When I was little, I was wicked happy, constantly smiling, and had a lot of close friends. But when I entered middle school, my whole world turned upside down. People started to bully me because I was quiet, and I started to lose friends. And because of all this, I started getting depression. I felt so alone and like no one was there for me. So I started going to therapy, but I never thought I would ever want to kill myself. Going into high school, it was just getting worse. Freshman year, there was one night when I finally broke. It was late at night and the only people home were my dad, sister, brother, and me. I finally broke down and felt like I wanted to either kill myself or hurt myself. I knew I should talk to someone about it, but I didn't want to talk to my dad or younger siblings, so I called my mom who was at work. At this point I was sobbing and started to have a panic attack. 
So when I called my mom, I explained to her that I felt so lonely and wanted to hurt myself. She ended up leaving work to come home and talk to me. And on her way, she ended up calling my grandmother, who also came over. When they got there, I was still sobbing and in the middle of a panic attack. So my dad, mom, grandmother, and I sat in the living room for about an hour while I told them exactly how I have been feeling and how I wished I wasn't on this planet anymore. This was the first time I really opened up to anyone about my depression because I didn't want anyone to see me as weak. But the thing is, I was not weak for needing to talk to someone or for needing help to get through it. I was human. The next day, my parents let me stay home from school. And when I went back the day after, I told my two best friends why I was out the day before and how I've been feeling. My friend Anna ended up bursting into tears and wanted to stop hugging me and telling me how much she loves me and that I can always talk to her. This really hit home for her because she's felt this way for a while as well, but I was always the one to talk to her about how she felt, not the other way around. My friend Duncan gave me a hug and walked me to my homeroom while he was telling me that I don't deserve to feel this way and that I have many people who will help me through this. These conversations that I had both with my family and with my friends proved that I am not weak because I was strong enough to get help and talk to people. This showed me that I really do have people who care for me and love me. Everyone has to understand that you are not weak for asking for help. I believe that everyone should have someone to talk to no matter if it's their family, a friend, a therapist, a hotline, a teacher, or even a stranger because even if it may sound cheesy, talking helps a lot. Hi guys, my name is Tina and I'm a sophomore at Salem State and this is about my experience as a struggling teenager raising a child. I believe in choices. So it all started in 8th grade. Um, I was basically an only child because my brother Tom had gone off to college and it was just me, my stepmom, and dad at home. My two other siblings lived with my mom at the time. So life was fun. I went out with my parents a lot on the weekends because my parents loved to socialize. I mean, they love meeting up with their friends, having a few drinks. They love chatting, all of that. However, on the weekdays, I didn't really get to do much. My dad was very strict. He still kind of is, but he was very, very strict at the time. Uh, he wouldn't let me play the laptop much because he thinks that take away time from my studies and I'd just be super distracted and whatnot. So really, every day, I'd just come home from school. I'd do homework and just watch TV. That's really it. But one night, I was watching my mom cook dinner, and suddenly she just pops the question up. She was like, do you want a boy or girl? And I instantly knew what she was talking about because since I had so much free time on my hands, I snooped through the bathroom cabinets and I saw a pregnancy test. When she told me that she was pregnant, I was so happy. You guys already know my schedule. It's just school, homework, food, TV. That's literally it. So like this news was so unbelievably exciting for me because finally there could be a new addition to the house and I wouldn't get bored and I could play with the baby and all of that. So one day 
I came home from high school and it was. I mean, my father told me that my brother Brendan was born. And I was just, I was just so happy at the time. So a few months passed by and after my mom took leave, she eventually had to go back and help my dad with the nail shop. And that's where it all started. Me babysitting Brendan during my freshman year of high school was not fun. A month in, after my mom had just left for work, I didn't know that him being born would have such a negative impact on me because during my high school career, it'd just be me babysitting. And I just thought it was so unfair because I didn't get to do anything. And my since my father was a very traditional and conservative and hard-headed he didn't let me go out and since i was a woman he thought it was my duty to take care of the kids i even tried to compromise with him and it just be no so eventually i just stopped asking and i just lost hope and whenever i throw like minor tantrums my parents would just call me ungrateful which is not true at all i'm very grateful that they provide a house and food for me to eat but they don't understand that this was heartbreaking to me i didn't get to do anything while this whole thing was happening my family members just thought it was so wrong of them to force me to stay home and take care of Brendan when they were out there partying and socializing and whatnot and they really did see it from my side which was great but it's all about my father trying to understand my point of view it was so sad for me like my parents would just go out and have fun yet they would say no to me whenever I'd ask to go out because I'd have to take care of Brendan. I basically raised him. And since I was with him every day during those four years, I grew this attachment to him. Brendan, who's your best friend? Tina. Tina? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love you. I love you. And now... It honestly shaped who I am today. I'm so grateful for him. Yet, my parents put me through this crazy experience. This it was just so unfair. It was so hard to deal with at the time. I believe in choices. I think people should have the right to do what they feel is right. And in this case, I thought that was unfair and that it shouldn't have happened to me. And of course, during those four years, I rebelled. And when I did it, nothing good came out of it. I really do believe that people will eventually strive to get what they want, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. I believe in choices. I'm Emma Walsh and I major in psychology. My audio focuses primarily on the struggles that people face living in a world where equality doesn't exist. I believe in the Equality Act. 
If this act is passed, this means the LGBTQ community will gain civil rights. Currently, there is no federal protection for gay and transgender people. We do not have the same rights as everyone else. Without the Equality Act, we are at risk for being fired from our jobs, denied healthcare, and housing. The list goes on and on. Many people think that marriage equality means civil rights protection. It doesn't. There are much more important issues and struggles that we still face. I believe that equality will help lessen the stigma in society. We face oppression daily and are always given a negative connotation. We face acts of violence, homophobic slurs, and even little remarks like, that's so gay. This is what we get just for living and being ourselves. I believe we deserve human rights just like everyone else. There are countless stories to prove the struggles we go through. One of them begins with me at my workplace. One coworker, who comes from a very strict and religious background, seemed to be confused about gay people. She comes up to me after overhearing a conversation between me and a friend. She goes, So, you're gay. Does that mean you want to be a man? To which I responded with a laugh, and I said, No, that's not what it means. I was dumbfounded at the ignorance. I mean, seriously, does this girl live under a rock? I kind of feel bad for her. She's probably brainwashed to think that gay people hate Jesus or something. I believe religious freedom should never excuse you from discriminating someone. Another story takes place at a house party in New York. Everyone was having a good time and my girlfriend happened to know someone from high school. She simply complimented the girl's outfit. The girl responded with, thank you, but just so you know, I'm not gay. After being upset by this clearly homophobic statement, my girlfriend replied, oh don't flatter yourself, I only hit on pretty girls anyway. The girl was pissed. She tried to defend herself and say, I didn't mean it like that, but we all knew she meant it in that way. The world thinks that just because we're attracted to the same sex means that we're out to get them. I believe that the Equality Act will help society view us in a more normal light. By treating us as equals, we will be able to live freely. We will not have to fear discrimination as much because the law will be on our side. Right now, half of LGBTQ Americans live in a state without explicit protections against discrimination. Transgender people and queer people are under attack all over this country. That's not okay. It is past time that the federal government recognize LGBTQ people. Everyone should be afforded the protections of our nation's civil rights laws. We need the Equality Act now. The Equality Act is actually a very simple piece of legislation. This bill will create a level playing field that no matter who you are and no matter who you love, you shouldn't have to endure discrimination just to have a job, just to go to school, just to get the housing that you need. This is not about one party or another, about red or blue or purple. This is about making sure that we can be the best, fullest, most productive community that we can be. That's the America we are striving to live. And that's why the Equality Act has the unprecedented support of more than 250 social justice organizations, child welfare, religious and medical organizations. My message to LGBTQ folks and all of us who care about equality and dignity is it is time to push Congress to do the right thing. We all need everyone to be a part of this. To pitch in to the United States Congress. We need you to step up now. Hey, this is Dan Finnerty from the Dan Band. You're listening to WMWM 91.7. Fucking Salem. Coffee Time has been a family-owned and operated bakery since 1978. They offer scratch-made pies and scones, and now through Thanksgiving, apple cider donuts and pumpkin cheesecake. 
Grab a fresh cup of coffee or real hot chocolate milk to go with your favorite treat. Coffee Time, setting the standard for homemade baked goods right here in Salem. Coffee Time, 96 Bridge Street, Route 1A in Salem. Salem State University Radio. They must pay us millions to stop broadcasting. WMWM Salem, 91.7 FM and WMWMonline.com. Hi, I'm Cassidy Keegan and I major in business administration. My belief is to just take life day by day and not to stress over the small things in life. My name is Cassidy Keegan and I am 19 years old. I believe everyone should take life day by day and not stress over the small things. When I was younger, I heard the saying, if it doesn't matter in five minutes, it shouldn't matter in five years. Every time I get stressed, I think back to the saying and it really makes me appreciate the present day. But I also believe everyone should have an idea of something they may be interested in. Of course I'm scared of my future, but stressing over something so far away will not change anything in the present day. I'm handling my emotions by taking care of myself and making sure I surround myself with positivity. If I could give advice to my 16-year-old self, I would say stick to what interests you the most. Don't do what your family wants you to do. It's your future and you are in charge of it. I am Anthony White. I am 20 years old. I believe that it's important to start planning early on, but I think the idea that an 18-year-old needs to have their entire life planned out is a little heinous. Are you scared for what your future will look like, and how will you manage those emotions? Of course I'm nervous about the future. I feel like it's normal to be nervous about the future. It's extremely, like, unknown. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self if you could? Stop stressing about everything. Follow your heart. Stick to the acting. It's a good thing for you. Peggy Verville, and I'm 49 years old. Um, I believe you should have some idea of what you'd like to be um, when you get older, but be open to changes that'll come along. Were you nervous of what your future was going to be like, and how did you handle those emotions? I was not nervous, um, because all I had ever wanted to be was to be married and have children. So, when I met my then boyfriend when I was 19, I knew he was the one, and um, that's all I had wanted, was to be married and have children, and I knew he was going to provide that, so no, I was not nervous. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self if you could? I would tell myself to definitely stay in college, because I did not graduate, um, and to go for a career versus consider myself only to be a mother and a wife. I needed something for myself instead of relying on somebody else to take care of me. My name is Jenna Pipitone and I am 19 years old. I believe that you should take life day by day because you don't want to waste time thinking about the future as you're living in the present. Are you scared for what your future will look like and how are you going to handle those emotions? I'm scared for the future because you never know what could happen and there is no way to prepare for it. The future has endless possibilities, but I don't think that it is healthy to stress about it when you should enjoy yourself in the present and live your best life in the moment instead of always wondering about the what-ifs. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self if you could? My advice to my 16-year-old self would be to definitely understand more that you don't have to have your future figured out. I feel like when I was thinking about my future, I missed out on a lot of things that were going on in my present. I still get stressed not knowing what could happen, but I've learned that taking it one day at a time is the key. You can't be living your whole life in fear, always wondering what could happen next. 
My name is Michael Verbal and I am 19 years old. I believe you should have a broad sense of what you want to achieve after high school, such as finishing college or finding a job. However, I also believe you should be open to options and be open to change. Sometimes a spontaneous decision makes a great outcome. Are you scared for what your future will look like and how are you handling those emotions? No, I'm not too scared of what my future will hold and how the outcome will look. I believe in myself to make the best decisions that I can and if I make a good decision, I'll be happy, but if I make a bad decision, I'll believe in myself to make it better. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self if you could? I would tell myself to slow down, that high school will go by way faster than you think, so focus on the good part of high school and stop complaining. I, Cassidy Keegan, believe that it's your future and you are in control of it. Thanks so much for listening. Again, this show has been transformed into a podcast that can be accessed through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Player, really anywhere that you can get podcasts. So please, please, please subscribe to SoundPlay. This is our final episode of spring 2019. I'll be on sabbatical next semester. So we'll pick up in spring of 2020 with a whole new set of shows dedicated to showcasing student audio work at Salem State University. Happy summer. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net.